Welcome to Get Your Fix, a podcast bringing you insights and expertise in facilities management, brought to you by Vixo, changing the way the world sees facilities management. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Your Fix, a Vixo podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. As you're listening along, make sure that you're subscribing to Get Your Fix on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for a full catalog of previous episodes and notifications when we drop new ones. And make sure you're going to our website, vixo.com, for more Get Your Fix content and other articles, blogs, videos, and more. So this is part two of two in our broader conversation on the role of beverage equipment maintenance in facilities strategy, better understanding which industry and market factors are expanding beverage equipments to different facilities, common challenges in maintaining said equipment, and strategic best practices to stay proactive on maintenance. We're picking up where we left off on part one by expanding with conversation around budget considerations for beverage equipment maintenance, how to strategically bring in a third-party partner, how Vixo supports maintenance, and finally, some best practices for beverage equipment maintenance needs. Back to give us insights are our two guests, Kelly Fitzroy, Director of Operations for Vixo's Coffee Brew and Grind Division, and Luke Poyer, Senior Director of Enterprise Performance with Vixo. Kelly, Luke, good to have you both back on. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Now, this is something that was probably already an issue for a lot of facilities, but has been amplified because of COVID. And that would be trying to schedule regular preventative maintenance under a tight budget. C-stores, QSRs, most sort of uh, brick and mortar establishments, uh, especially with the COVID context are now running on very tight margins. So with that in mind, how are they uh, approaching their beverage equipment maintenance and how do those tight budgets end up creating some challenges? I'd say the way this has been tackled within the convenience store side has been to, especially during COVID, it was actually an instance where in some areas the text couldn't go out at all because there were uh, curfews or there were there were limitations on what business do. So as we start to come out of that, as the vaccine starts to become more available, they've already started looking at things like reducing the frequency, right? So if you do a, an even deeper PM with a heavier work scope, but at less frequent intervals, can we do that without affecting the lifespan of that asset. And so they're looking at that. And that's one of the biggest components they're looking at is do we have to go out as often? Now that means that on the other side of that, they really have to press the stores to take care of that equipment. They have to press the stores to make sure that, look, if there's a small issue, you need to report that so that we can get somebody out there reactively. But overall, you just need to maintain that equipment as much as possible because now we're coming semi-annually instead of quarterly. And so it's possible for a small issue to become a very large issue and for that equipment to be down, which of course is what we absolutely want to avoid. Uh, and so as they're looking at, at, at tightening the purse strings on that and, and reducing the frequency, but expanding the work scope, it's just something we have to be mindful of. Yeah. And for our customer, we really this year helped us to really focus our energy on looking at what is the cadence of those machines, because I mentioned before that these have certain types of PMs that are longer than others, depending on how many shots that they've pulled from the last interval. And so we, you know, partnered with the customer to help 
you know, evaluate what PMs that we wanted to do while stores were either had an extended closure or just weren't doing the same business that they had previously. Um, and so we adjusted that PM schedule mid-year to help make sure that we could not only be help them on their budget, uh, but just address the machine at the right cadence and at the right level. The other piece that they've been doing, it's not just about keeping that tight budget, but it's also about maximizing revenue. And that's where we've seen a shift to move PMs to after hours. Uh, again, that helps to make sure that the machine is not down during their time that the customer is in the store. That helps them to be able to focus just on the customer and, and hopefully create the best drink as possible, as efficiently as possible as well. So those are the two main things that we've been doing a little bit differently this year. And most teams that try to do all of this that y'all are breaking down typically are having to do it alone. And facilities teams for any one small brick and mortar establishment aren't usually that large. Uh, sure, they might have a uh, you know corporate parent company that can provide some assistance, but for the most part, day to day upkeep and maintenance is uh, you know a small team operation. So for teams that try to tackle this alone, what would you say often gets overlooked and why? Um, Break that down and how trying to do all this as a small team can impact the quality of beverage equipment maintenance. So for industries that do centralize their preventive maintenance, that's something that, that we do see is that generally they just don't have the bandwidth to be able to tackle all of the things that go into preventive maintenance. It's interesting in terms of facilities as part of a budget, what I have seen in in my years with this client is that for the most part, they like us to be invisible. If you're doing a good job, you're invisible because they're focused on getting that revenue from everything else. And so as long as there aren't any issues that come up, there's a sign that's been down for a month or, or there's a piece of equipment that's been down for a week. For the most part, we go about our business Uh, And we keep things up and running so that the company can get their revenue. And so especially when it's realized, the department a little bit overlooked and understaffed. And so what I would say is probably most difficult in doing that is that it consistently becomes a fire drill and you don't have time to step back and proactively do what you need to do on preventive maintenance. Preventive maintenance should be something that is known weeks, months in advance. It's it's all about planning. It's all about scheduling. It's all about having enough time to develop routes to maximize your technicians and to make sure they have time to do the quality PMs that they need to. When you're consistently dealing with fire drills, and especially when there's no separation between the reactive and the project and the preventive maintenance, When those waters become muddied, the problem is you don't have the focus on preventive maintenance that you need and you never really get ahead of the game. Yeah, and I would also say it's it's about the number of assets and different variety of machines that you have that would be really difficult to tackle on your own. You know, if you have this beverage equipment, you can't just say, okay, you know, all of those need to be done in a cookies cutter style way, right? And at the same cadence, it's really that specialized knowledge that can be difficult to attain if you're on your own, right? And that's where Vixo comes in and has that knowledge already. And and we're able to guide folks to be able to get to that really pre-planning that Luke was talking about and prevent any of the uh, repairs from coming down the line. And if you're a smaller company, it becomes even more difficult. And that's one of the benefits of, of the fact that Vixo handles so many different clients and we can have those economies of scale 
and to have the leverage to be able to go and get better pricing and to have the leverage to develop scheduling programs and develop teams whose specialty is specifically preventive maintenance. It's hard to do that when you're a small company. If your facility maintenance budget is is only a certain percentage of, of your revenue or of your internal costs, then you're somewhat limited there. And, and then you can reach out to a third-party provider like Vixo who has the ability and has the bandwidth and has the expertise and really the privilege of focus on things like preventive maintenance. Uh, you can get much better quality out of it. And now I think is a perfect opportunity to bring Vixo into the conversation a little bit more uh, because Vixo's uh, whole mission as a company is to give facilities support for their various needs, including maintenance. So if we hone it into beverage equipment specifically, where do you see a facilities management partner providing facilities the most value and why? We've touched on the on the last question, just talking about making sure you have the right preventive maintenance type program for your machines to keep them up and running, uh, as well as that specialized knowledge and having those technicians who really know these different types and variety of beverage equipment to help reduce the callbacks that keeps the customers happier, keeps your machines up and running and, and bringing in the revenue that you are really looking forward to. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think we really hit on that in, in the last question in, in terms of what we can provide on scalability, right? So, so just this is what we do day in and day out. We are working on facilities and specifically in, in my group, we're working just on preventive maintenance. And so when you become specialized in that manner, it allows you to go and, and offer something to the client that they may have been trying to handle internally. But like I said, for the most part, they don't have the ability to hire full-time employees to focus specifically on preventive maintenance. And if they can, they won't necessarily have the tools that we have and the experience that we have. And so it's something that we can really offer them to say, look, we can, we can look at all of your equipment. By the way, if you don't know where your equipment is, and that's and that's something that, that we have done, especially with a client that has a, quite a few acquisitions, let us go out there. We have the bandwidth and the service providers to go out and find out where this equipment is, tag it, get it in the system, and then we'll look at doing the preventive maintenance on it. So I, I think that's where it becomes overwhelming for a lot of clients is that especially if they're growing a lot, it's really difficult to keep track of all of these assets and even know what you have, let alone how often you should be doing a PM, who's going to do it, how much is it going to cost. It can become really overwhelming and so I think it's of huge benefit to them to have a partner like Vixo who can provide all of that. And there are some best practices and just sort of general pieces of advice and um, quality procedure that Vixo brings to the table, regardless of the kind of maintenance or facility that you're working with. So I want to break down what those um, best practices are. And if you could intersect them directly with why it matters to do said best practices for beverage equipment maintenance specifically. Uh, So again, let's break down some of these best practices. I'll start with the first one, daily upkeep. This is something we've already talked about a bit today, but if you had to summarize why daily oversight and upkeep of your beverage equipment is uh, a solid way to ensure yeah, a better maintenance strategy. Why would that be? And uh, you know, how does that manifest itself? In some instances, the equipment will actually shut down if you don't keep track of it daily, if you don't do daily cleanings. And so just from from the base standpoint of keeping the equipment up and running, uh, daily upkeep is, is of the utmost importance. Even on those pieces of equipment that don't necessarily require daily upkeep, 
just the fact that issues compound, right? So a small issue becomes a large issue very quickly. And if you're doing your due diligence within the store to check that equipment on a daily or just on a recurring basis to make sure that it's running properly and you report those issues quickly, you're minimizing your downtime. That's the biggest component in all of this is, is if you do daily upkeep, you will minimize your downtime. I don't think I could say that better. Thanks, Luke. Next one would be maintaining good SOPs. Can you give us some more context on that and how it's applicable? Certainly, the more complicated the machines get, the more it is important that the associates really know how to properly use and maintain that machine. Uh, So if you don't have very good direction, some of the most common problems that we get is actually something that could have vented by the store. Um, there's a lot of reactive work that we're actually able to call the store and troubleshoot with them because we're actually just watch, walking them through uh, their SOPs. And so that well-documented, but also location that they can find easily is huge to help prevent reactive and downtime. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I mean, having having good SOPs and good communication is at the, is at the heart of all of this. This one ties into both broader pushes for IoT integrations, but then just general uh, oversight on your maintenance practices. But that would be analyzing data to then direct more intentional maintenance strategies and schedules. Can you break down the kind of data that you imagine is most useful here and how that can be a positive impact for facilities managers? I think every piece of data that we get back is useful in in some way. And it's interesting when it comes to preventive maintenance, there's a lot of things that we look at because I will tell you the number one thing that I have seen industry-wide, in addition to did you get a preventive maintenance completed is, was it a quality preventive maintenance, right? And and so we've looked at that so much over the years is how can we utilize data in order to determine if, if a quality PM was done? And we look at things like duration. Were they on site? For enough time and even in terms of geofencing right so we can say they got to the site at this time they ended at this time so we know that they spent x amount of time on site but in addition to that as we get more into machine to machine learning we're really going to want to know before and after that preventive maintenance visit was there a difference in how that machine is running right if there's anything measurable that we can look at we want to be able to see that and so we have all of these data components coming in we have the check-in and the check-out that allow us to find out how long they spent on site uh, we can look at how often those PMs were done. For PMs that were missed, did it affect the machine? If it didn't, can we go back and say, hey, maybe your frequency on this is a little is a little too much. Maybe you can reduce that frequency and still maintain your equipment and have the same amount of uptime. And so we have, as you can imagine, with upwards of 300,000 assets, a plethora of data. I mean, <laughs> there's just data, data, data. And finding those correct data points to be able to bring those back to the customer and say, here's something that is going to help you run your business. Here's something that's going to reduce your cost. Uh, We are consistently looking at those data points to make sure that we're providing that quality to the customer. I would say for our customer, we also take a look at not just prevent maintenance data, but also any parts usage and common part failures in between the PMs. Um, And on many occasions, we've actually gone back to the customer and the manufacturer and made recommendations to add or subtract certain parts to different levels of the PM kits in order to help make sure that the machine stays up and running for even longer periods of time. And it's really having that data of all of the different parts usage and the common reasons of why it was needed uh, that we collect for every repair SR that we do that is able to help us to to provide that recommendation and and show the data that supports it. 
These next two are a little more procedural, but I still think they're really critical best practices and play more into, I think, a sense of how to organize your facilities team and, you know, create lines of positive communication and how that can influence and improve maintenance of equipment. But again, these next two best practices are A, Open communications between all parties, which includes uh, facilities management partners, vendors, and employees, and also B, reporting any small issues as soon as possible. Can you break down how that idea of open communication with all parties and communicating any small issues with the equipment quickly and proactively, how those things intersect and why you would consider them to be best practices? Communication is at the heart of, of every part of preventive maintenance and every part of facilities maintenance overall. So as we talk about machine to machine, as we talk about things like, and we haven't mentioned it yet in this conversation, but APIs are, are a very large part of what we'll be doing in the future. And that's the ability for systems to integrate. And that open communication is not just between client and providers and, and everyone else who's part of this workflow. Uh, you know, it's not just SOPs in a PDF format. It's also the data that we have and the APIs that we have because that communication and reporting of small issues can happen in an API environment where it's instantaneous, right? Where you have systems talking to one another, systems with open communications so that we can identify those issues uh, so that we can have more real-time data so that we can minimize that downtime. Uh, open communication has a technological aspect as much as it does just a daily relationship aspect. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to get even a little more, more granular at the store level. There, there can be a tendency among associates that, well, it's getting by. I can, I can limp this machine along because they don't want to take that time to create, you know, a, a work task to have it fixed or addressed, or they feel like it's, it's doing enough work to help them get them through their day. And a good example of that could be, you know, something, the machine is steaming slowly. They can still steam, they can still make their beverages, but it's slowing them down a little bit. Um, but what the stores might not realize is that there's, you know, a clog building up on the back end. And if that clog gets to a point where it can't steam at all, it can have back end issues uh, further downstream in the machine itself, where it can do fur further damage of the uh, equipment that requires a much more extensive repair and more expensive repair. Um, so the more that we are helping with both coaching the uh, associates within the store, but also making sure we get back to the customer's uh, management team and making sure that they know how they can also better support, you know, between all three groups uh, to help keep them up and running as much as possible. It's a great point, Kelly, especially as you, as you talk about in, uh, industries where sometimes you have franchise owners and they're very interested in how that equipment is running. And at corporate locations, sometimes you don't have quite as much passion about keeping that equipment up and running and maximizing the revenue. And so I think that communication at different levels on the client side is really important. So the utmost importance, really, because uh, it's not always the exact same within the industry. And so if it's a matter of getting back to the corporate level and saying, look, at these stores, you know, we're not seeing the daily upkeep that we would expect they can manage those stores. Whereas sometimes if you're dealing with a, with a franchisee who's very passionate about their revenue, they're already doing that, right? So if you keep the communication open at all levels, you make sure that that message is understood by everybody involved in the process. 
All right, Luke, Kelly, y'all have given us some great insights so far. I appreciate your time. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast by pulling from both of your uh, experiences in the field. I know you've already mentioned a few times uh, the different industries that you work for and sort of where your expertise has been honed, but I want to just get more specific with taking all of our insights and grounding them and how you've seen them put to the test by... um, some of the largest chains uh, operating brick-and-mortar facilities today. So again, you've both worked with some really high-profile clients who've employed these strategies. So we'll start with Luke. Uh, I know you've worked for several years now with a major C-store chain. Can you give us some context there as to how they've implemented some of these best practices, what has or hasn't worked for them, and how they're faring now? Sure. So I am coming up on 11 years working with this with this client. Uh, the industry has certainly changed over those years, and the client has certainly changed over those years. And one of the largest parts of that evolution has been within the, the beverage environment. And so we have looked over the years at really the, the crux of it has been, can you do our preventive maintenance? Can you do it uh, with economies of scale so that you can keep our cost maintained or potentially even reduce our overall cost? And can you do it with the quality that we need to keep this equipment up and running? So over the years, we have implemented things such as technicians taking before and after pictures. Uh, That was something that wasn't really done within the industry. And IoT came into this because there were major breakthroughs in how much could be stored within the cloud. When we were storing those on local databases, you can imagine the amount of pictures with that with that much equipment, especially if you're asking at each work step, right? So as, as we got the ability to store more of that on the cloud, we said, sure, before and after pictures aren't a problem. That's not a volume or a space issue for us anymore. Work steps that broadened, right? So there are more work steps. We're checking each component of that work step. The technician now using a device in the field can log into that preventive maintenance event and say, I did A, B, and C. All of these are done. Here's your pictures before and after. And so when it came to the to the quality question, going back to the client saying, look, here's all of the things that we did. And you can go in and look at any specific preventive maintenance event and see what was done. Look at the before and after pictures and, and know that a quality Quality PM is being done. That was one of the largest evolutions with, within the industry, and especially with this client that I saw over those eleven years. And it continues to to change and continues to evolve. You know, as they got into the specialty beverage part of their business, we had new challenges, right? So this is brand new equipment. You have service providers that are very used to dealing with their base equipment. And now maybe it's a brand new provider because they have to be licensed with that OEM in order to, to perform that preventive maintenance. And so those were new challenges and new opportunities. And we try to provide the same quality and the same attention to detail on those pieces of equipment as we did with the original one. So over 11 years, there really has been quite a bit of evolution. And this client has been in lockstep with that. And we have been with them there as a partner. And and that's the biggest thing I can emphasize with them is that we really tried to assimilate into the culture of this company to understand what their needs were, to become part of what they do, and to be a true partner. Because I think that's the biggest component in all of this is we don't just want to provide a service. We want to make sure that we're helping them become the industry leader. And making sure that your equipment is always up and running, uh, making sure that when a customer goes into that store, that they know the equipment's going to be there, that they can get the product they wanted is, is extremely important. And that's really what we do is that we allow them to continue to have their revenue stream by making sure that that equipment goes down as little as possible. 
So again, over 11 years, I've just seen a lot of change, but it's, it's still the same focus. It's still, I want you to make sure you, you keep my equipment up and running. I want to know that you're doing a quality preventive maintenance, and I want you to get me the best price possible within the industry. And now, Kelly, I want to toss it to you. You have years of experience working with one of the nation's largest coffee shop chains, which you've given us a bit of context on, but can you break down more details on uh, some of their beverage uh, equipment maintenance challenges, how they've responded with best practices, and how they're faring now? Uh, I haven't quite hit my 11 year, but I am in 10 years in working Ooh, with exciting. this customer. <laughs> <laughs> and similarly, have really seen them evolve over the years and been there every step of the way to help them through those different transitions. And I would say one of the very first things that we grew with the customer with is that strong specialized knowledge in the equipment itself, uh, really partnering with them and the manufacturer to be the lead, actually certified uh, to teach some of those certification classes for the manufacturer uh, with our own internal technicians. So we actually host those classes to be able to uh, train up more SPs. With that specialized relationship, we also partner with the customer that every time they roll out a new piece of equipment, uh, we get to see it first. We help them to develop what that uh, PM program should look like and the cadence uh, so that we can really stay on top of that machine. I think one of the cool things is how much they've embraced that preventive maintenance. And really, it boiled down to showing them the data behind it when what that preventive maintenance is able to do and keep the work tasks down um, and help make sure that they stay up and running for as long as possible. I really do think that because we have that close partnership is why when things change or things come up, that they come to us to help solve those problems. So a really great example was this past year, uh, with COVID, you know, there was a period of time a lot of stores needed to shut down for, you know, almost a month or two months before that they can open back up. And when that happened, you know, we were concerned about the machines and if the stores had been properly flushed and prepped before, uh, you know, the stores doors were closed. So we talked to the client about that. And we proposed to them to do something, not quite a PM, but something that we called an idle equipment check so that we could go in there, make sure everything was flushed, make sure everything was unplugged and help uh, so that when the machines did need to be turned back on, the stores had no problems. They can get it up and running and be able to get to doing what they do best, which is servicing their own customer. And so it was really a great way to show how you know, it's a, it is a partnership where we listen to each other, give, you know, that feedback, and we were able to keep them up and running. And I can tell you that when they did open up those stores, we had very few call-ins or repair work that happened immediately afterwards versus stores that didn't have that happen. You know, we did see a number of callbacks where we had to go and, and uh, do some preventive maintenance on those machines to help keep them up and running. So I think it really boils down to not only having the knowledge, but the flexibility to come up with even changing times. Luke, Kelly, I think that does it for our podcast today. Thank you both so much for giving us this full breakdown. A lot of solid analysis today, as well as uh, really grounded insights for facilities managers to get proactive and start thinking of some positive ways that they can improve their facilities management processes, 
especially for beverage equipment. Again, we've been chatting with Luke Poyer, Senior Director of Enterprise Performance with Vixo, and Kelly Fitzroy, Director of Operations for Vixo's Coffee Brew and Grind Division. Kelly, Luke, I really appreciate y'all's time today. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. And if folks want to find out more about Vixo's work in this space, how can they do so? How can they get in touch? You're more than welcome to find out quite a bit about our company by going to our website at Vixo.com. And we are also available on LinkedIn if you'd like to reach out and get more information from us personally. And those are probably the two best ways to uh, find out more about what we do and how we can help you. All right, Luke, Kelly, thanks again and looking forward to chatting again soon. Great. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Get Your Fix, a Vixo podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you go to our website, Vixo.com, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.